Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Glory to God. It's good to have Jackie with us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I tell you, Jackie is is a... Uh, just a, a dear one of us. We love her so much, and she's been so faithful for so many years, like I've said. And, you know, we received an offering for her tonight, but I tell you what, if you're not giving to her every month in missions, you really should do that because she's went out on her own, taking nothing from the people where she's ministering, and uh, uh, she's, she's divert, deserving of our support. Amen. So I encourage you to partner with her every month by giving to, to um, uh, the, off, you know, the, the missions offering here and putting her name on it. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. It's, we love you, sister. Just take your liberty tonight. Thank you. Amen. Whatever's on your heart. Praise the Lord. I'm gonna, first, I'm going to tell you a little bit about, about what I do. A lot of you know, but there are some that don't know. I work for a company, and I never refer to them as anything but the company I work for. And the reason that is that they, the content, this company only goes to one specific group. And, and I'm not even going to say the name of that group. You guys know they are the radical group. And that's the only, the only people. The people of that faith are the only people that this company ministers to. So they, we've had kidnappings. We've had even one of them, one of our people murdered. So I, I, try to, and everybody that's in this company tries very hard to protect others by not, by not saying a lot about the name of the co- countries or the companies, which is just, a, it's just as a security thing. So if you wonder why I say it like that, it's just to protect other people. Um, I know where my protection is coming from. I have, I have strong, strong protection. And I know where that comes from. I thank you guys for that. I know that I am completely protected by him. Of course, I always, I say that, but I'm not the least bit afraid. Because if they should kill me, I'll be in heaven. <laughs> so, okay, all right, suit yourself. <laughs> I, um, I really don't want to leave yet. I, don't, I feel like God's got stuff for me to do, but it doesn't. It, I'm not afraid. So I just, I just go boldly on. Um, I, I wanted to tell you a little bit about my love for Russia. I first got to go to that part of the world. What, a lot of you know Jana, the, the missionary from here. And I got to go to, um, to Belarus, to the city of Minsk, a long time ago. And I, I spent several weeks there, really just loved it, and then... I got to go several other times to, to Moscow once with Melissa, who was then Stamper, now Gillen, and, and we had a great time. We flew out of JFK either two or three days after 9-11, and that JFK was an absolute ghost town, except for all of the soldiers standing with the automatic weapons as you went around the corners. So... Um, and, and when we got to Moscow, the people there were so... Oh, they were so kind. Oh, we're so sorry about what has happened in your country. Of course, 
Russians have experienced this, this discord again and again. I mean, they've had lots of people killed by these militants. So, so they were just so kind and so wonderful. And um, I have just, I just love Russia. The first time I ever left Russia, I, you guys don't know, but I just hate to cry. I hate it. It just, I don't like it. And as I was leaving, I was just weeping and weeping. And I was in a taxi, and John was like, everything's okay. I was like, yeah, I, I, yeah it's, everything's okay. <laughs> just, but it was just, just the heart, how much God loves him and wants them to know about him. And so I have, I, the reason I even went with the company that I'm with is because they had a focus in Russia, in, in the Russian Republic of Dagestan. And that is, um, and so I was like, oh, good, just what I want. Well, then when I got done, the team that had been there had, had broken up, and there was another guy there who was a single guy, and you have to be on a team, and I couldn't be a team with a single guy. That wasn't, you know, that wasn't going to work. So Father sent me to Tajikistan, which the, he had stuff for me to do there. It's been wonderful. I've enjoyed it. I've even, I've got a couple of good things I get to do, when I go back um, next week, actually go back, I'll actually be there about two weeks from now because I stop in, du- in Dubai. I'll be in Dushanbe after that for a couple of months. But I get to talk to the senior high kids at the, um, high, the homeschool co-op that most of the expat parents send their kids to. I get to talk to them about the gifts of the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. So I'm getting an opportunity to do that, and um, I'm really excited about that. And then I'm, um, I'm also getting to help with a couple of projects that, that my team is finishing up. The reason I'm leaving is that my team leaders are going back to Norway uh, that when their daughter gets out of school the very end of May or the 1st of June. So I won't have a team. They wanted to know if I wanted to be a team leader. No, I did not. I, I like leading. I like doing things. I loved being the primary department director. That was incredible. I don't want to, it's just not the thing God wanted me to do. The minute they said that, I was like, no. <laughs> so, um, so I have to have another team. It turns out Bonnie and Benji and I visited Russia in the end of October, 1st of November. And the team that we went was the team of this guy who used to be single that I couldn't go with before. And they had... Um, at the time, they were, they have a business, they call it B for T, business for transformation. And I don't know if that's a common term or if that's specific to my company. But anyway, they had a tour business and had a lot of, a lot of tours planned and good things. And then their local um, believer tour guide got, got cancer. And while we were there, he was, he was, accurately diagnosed with metastatic cancer. So their tour business, they just didn't have a plan B for their tour, tour business. This fellow was, you know, the, the tour guide, and he knew all the ins and outs. So I'm, while I was there, I met the other folks on the team, um, Kim and Kurt Swank. <laughs> I was like, yes, I can remember those names. <laughs> and then another young lady named Sarah. And... Um, so I really, I really enjoyed being with them. The team leader came back about three, two or three days before I, before I left, and, and he, he's very nice. I, I like him. Um, Kim and Kurt, 
Kim is a, for, is a retired teacher. And so the business they are now embarking on is a preschool. Wow, throw me back in the briar patch. No problem. So I'm really, really excited about that. I will, I will um, get to work in the preschool. That's the plan. I'll get to work in the preschool. And you have so much contact with parents. And, and the children, you know, you can pray for them. And, and nobody, people are okay with you praying almost all over the world. People pray, everybody, almost everybody, no matter what they say, realizes that we're not the final answer. And people are glad to have others pray for them. They don't mind if I, pray, if I say, your child fell down, I prayed for them, they're going to say thank you. So there'll be that, that kind of influence opportunity. I'm really, I guess you can't tell, I'm very excited about it. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to act a little more animated about it. Anyhow, that's, um, that's a very brief overview of, of why I am about to go to Russia from, from to Dagestan, Russia from uh, Dushanbe, Tajikistan, just because my team is going away, and I've always wanted to go back to Russia, so Father's worked it all out. Ah, so the thing that I want to talk to you more about, besides me, is, um, yeah, is I asked the Father, what should I talk about? And he said, um, whatever I say, what Whatever they say, he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. I was like, that doesn't sound like much fun. I don't know. I don't think that sounds like much fun. And so several days later, I said, what should I, what should I talk about? Whatever he says to you, do it. I was like, oh, man. A couple of days later, how, how about, uh, what about, whatever he says to you, do it. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. So that's what I'm going to talk to you about. Whatever he says to you, do it. Now, you guys all know where that quote comes from. Um, we'll, we'll just read that, and then I will tell you kind of what the Father was saying to me. That is in the first chapter of John. Uh, uh, no, sorry, the second chapter of John, 1 through 11. Um, this is... It's, it says the third day, which is like John starts telling the story day by day. Um, the, several of his disciples, Andrew and Peter and Philip and Nathaniel, had decided to follow him. So it says the next day, Jesus' mother was a guest at a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivity, so Jesus' mother spoke to him about the problem. They have no more wine, she told him. How does that concern you and me, Jesus asked. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Six stone water pots were standing there. They were used for Jewish ceremonial purposes, which were hand and foot washing. So they weren't like, they weren't like kitchen things. They were just, and, and in a lot of countries, including Tajikistan, they have things of water to wash your hands with, but it's not water that they would ever offer you to drink. So this is not drinking water. Um, they, they were used for Jewish ceremonial purposes and held 20 to 30 gallons each. This thing is very noisy. Um, 
Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled to the brim, he said, dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So they followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom, bridegroom over. Usually the host serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone is full and doesn't care, he brings out the less expensive wines. But you have kept the best for now. Well, as I read that, I was like, okay, what, what exactly am I supposed to, what am I supposed to glean from this? Because I understand the story. And the father said, Mary didn't want those people to be embarrassed. And he didn't want the celebration, she didn't want the celebration to be tainted by this mistake of not having enough wine. So we see her heart there. And Mary knew that Jesus could do something about it. Mary had great faith. She had faith in Jesus. And so um, the servants did what they were told. They took water pots full of wash water to the master of ceremonies. And so why do I like this? I like it because of Mary's faith in Jesus. She didn't have any doubt that he would do what she said in spite of the fact that he said, Mom... But she was like, she said, do whatever he says. And of course, he did what, what she had said. And then the servant's obedience. I mean, they're taking wash water to the master of ceremonies. I, you know, really, that, they could have they gotten into a lot of trouble for that. And then the other thing that I like about it so much is that very few people there at that time, now we, in, in, after this story was published, we all know about it, but very few people at that time even knew that it had happened. That wasn't, it wasn't broadcast about, I mean, because you know the servants didn't tell anybody, you filled those pots with water, what were you doing? No, they didn't tell anybody, and I, I don't think that people went around trumpeting it. The master of ceremonies certainly didn't know. He's like, oh, they've just saved the best for last. So I like that because so many times what happens, happens, happens a little bit at the time. It happens quietly. It happens, it happens just as people do what the Father has said for them to do, just as people do what the Word says. So... Father told me that every one of us has a job to do. And Jesus said, I've, I've been given all power, so you go. That's in Matthew. In Mark, it says, go into the, all the world, all the world, and signs will accompany you. And in Acts 1.8, Jesus says, tell people everywhere after you receive the power. So these are kind of the instructions. Do what he tells you. These are kind of the instructions that the entire church has received. So what is all the world? First off, we have to decide. Does that mean everybody's supposed to leave home? No, of course not. That wouldn't make any sense. Not everybody's going to go to Tajikistan. Not everybody's going to go to High Springs. Some people are going to go to Alachua or Gainesville. You know, that's all the world. Some people are going to go to their jobs. Some people are going to go to the store where they, where they shop, and they're going to tell people. That's all the world. That's, what we're, that's where we're supposed to be going. And who was Jesus talking to? He was talking to his disciples, 
but he was also talking to us. We see in John 17, 20, and 21. He says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me because of their testimony. My prayer for all of them is that they will be one just as as you and I are one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, so they will be in us and the world will believe that you sent me. That, so Jesus was, this, these instructions are from Jesus for us. He was praying for us at that time. He, he's talking about us just as much as he was talking about John and Peter. So we get this feeling of, wow, that's, it's too much. I can't do this. So we, we have to go back to whatever he said to you, do it. He doesn't say ever to you something that's too difficult for you to do. He never, ever tells you to do something that's too difficult for you to do. And so so we have to, when he says for us to do something, we have to do that thing. You know, when he says, talk to your neighbor, when he says, talk to the person at the store, when he says, when he says, tell your family, when he says that, you know, bring up your children, right? Those are the things that we have to do. Each one of us has a job to do. That's what he was telling me. That's what he, what, what he was talking about when he told me to tell them to do what he's told them to do. He's telling me, oh, sorry. Bonnie said, that's what happens, Mommy. You always touch yourself. And then the, <laughs> then the, <laughs> I'm so good at this stuff. <laughs> so, Maybe you guys are thinking that you're off the hook because you don't feel like God has said anything to you. You think, this stuff is really just for Pastor, Pastor Angela, Pastor Greg, Miss Amy, Steve, eh, maybe Doug Brown, possibly (laughs) the music team, but, you know, not for me. Well, guess what? It's for you, too. It's for you, too. Mark, Matthew eleven twenty nine 29, uh, 29 and 30 gives me this information. This is how, this is how I know this. Matthew 11. Let me see. Actually, 27. My father has given me authority over everything. No one really knows the son except the father, and no one really knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all of you, who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Come to me, everyone. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke fits perfectly, and the burden I give you is light. So he's calling us to rest. He's calling us. He has something for us to do. And the, and the start of it is just to rest in him. Just to, just to take it, take whatever he has for us to heart, but to rest in him. It's not, you, you know, yoke or what put oxen together. And I've been told, I, I 
can't actually prove this having read it myself, but I've been told that the yokes are actually fitted to each oxen and that the, the yoke, when they fit right, they decrease, they increase the amount of pull while decreasing the amount of work that each oxen has to do. And here we are yoked up with Jesus who said, your burden is easy and light. You know, I'm pulling it. I've got that. So you just have to join in here with me. So, um, so back where I started, we all have a job to do, and it's easy and light. And the Holy Spirit is saying, do whatever he tells you to do. And so you're thinking, he hasn't told me to do anything. I, I'm off the hook. He hasn't, he hasn't told me to do a thing. Well, John ten fourteen says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. My sheep hear my voice. So guess what? You do hear from him because you're his sheep. So you do hear from him. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what, what's the very easiest way to hear from him? The very easiest way that we can possibly hear from him. Is it like to stand? No. Is it like to, to climb mountain? No. The very easiest way to hear from him. Yes, there's a whole book full of instructions. And you know, the best thing about it is that these instructions are easy to follow. These instructions are step by step. These instructions aren't hard for any of us. And so sometimes when I'm wanting the Father to direct me like I have been over the past several months because I knew I, I was making a change and I didn't exactly know what it was going to be since I knew that my team leaders were leaving the field and that I was not cut out to be a team leader for the company, I was like, okay, Father, I'll do whatever you say. I, I will stay here and join one of these other groups, another team that's there, had, had said I could do that. Um, or I could, you know, I can look in like Kazakhstan or one of the, surrounding countries or I could go back to high springs. (laughs) I offered him that. I promise you many times, father, I'll just go back. You know, I'm not, I didn't run away from there at all. I went to something that you were directing me to, but I wasn't running away because I love it there. It's nice. And he didn't say yes to that. (laughs) He didn't. He didn't say Anything except whatever I say to you, do it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right, I'm waiting. So um, the very easiest way to hear what he wants us to, to hear is the word. Amen. Psalm 119.11 says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We put the word in and then it's in there to help us not do what he doesn't want us to do. The word is active and alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able. The word is able to do what we need it to do inside of us. Um, Psalm 119.16 says, I delight in your principles and do not forget your word. The word, it just stays with us. And then Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We can see what we need to do with the word. And so often... Our answer is in the word. 
that's where we're going to find our answer. It's not very rarely skywritten, very, very rarely, you know, do we find it on a fortune cookie paper. You know, that just, just that, no. So, so many times when I am asking, Father, I get, I get little things. Just the word of God to me. He'll say, something will jump out at me or he'll, or he'll give me a phrase and I'll say, well, I know that's the word, but I don't exactly know where, so I have to go look it up, and I start reading, and, and then the Spirit reveals to me what he was trying to tell me to do. So these little things that I need to do in order to further find out what he is leading, what he is guiding, what he wants, first off is to pray. Prayer. We need to pray. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, everybody knows that verse because it's one of the short ones. Pray without ceasing. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to pray all the time. I used to think, I don't really think that I can pray without ceasing. I really don't think that the Bible actually means that. I don't understand. And as I have, as I have gotten older or whatever, gotten more mature in the Lord possibly, I realize that more and more, like, when I see something, I pray about it. I used to talk about it or worry about it, but now when I see something, I pray about it. And I think more and more I find that you can kind of pray without ceasing. I don't think it means you're praying every single minute because he has other things for us to do, but it does mean that you're always ready, always praying. And then and then, um, uh, first, first Timothy 2 Timothy 2.1, we all know this, I urge you first of all to pray for all people. Prayer is the one of the main ways that he directs us. So then he also tells me another way that he directs me is through thanksgiving. I begin to thank him for answers. I begin to thank him for, for what, I, what he has given me and treasure that and value that. And then as I thank him, 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, 18 says, in everything, give thanks, not for everything, but in everything, give thanks in no matter what the situation, no matter what I'm seeing, no matter what, in everything, give thanks. And the more I do that, then the more sensitive I am to what the Spirit is trying to tell me because I'm appreciating what he has to give me. Um, another thing is to rejoice. Because, and again, I go to First Thessalonians. Paul gave us a lot of really good little, it says, rejoice always. Don't ever quit being joyful. Be glad for what you have. Be glad for what he said. Be glad for, for the fact that he is directing you. For, even if it's like, I, I don't exactly, no, I'm glad. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Um, First Timothy 2.1 also talks about, prayer with thanksgiving and and rejoice um, it talks about prayer with thanksgiving and then no it's philippians 4 4 that says um well let me look at it i thought i could quote it i try to keep all these in my brain so i can pull them out but sometimes they're there but it says um always be full of joy in the lord i say it again rejoice i think I think that rejoicing just helps, it helps to beat on that worry thing. It helps to get us over that, that oh me thing, that I don't know if I'm not. If we're rejoicing, we can, we can get rid of that. 
we can chase that off. So that's what he has told me. And then in Nehemiah 8, 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's where you're going to get strength from. You're not going to get strength from moaning and crying and worrying. You're not going to get strength from hoping and guessing and thinking. No, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So rejoice. Go ahead. Be happy. Thank you, God. Yes, you've got this. I'm so glad. And yes, I do stand in my apartment in Tajikistan and do that all by myself because there's not a church like this there. There's not even there's not even a handful of people who know how to rejoice. Most of them don't know what God. I mean, these are people who are like us, like minded, but they don't know. They don't know. They. It's so. And when I a lot of times when I try to tell them, they're like, "Well, if it's the will of God, well, when I don't really see it that way, well, I don't know. We can't always. We don't know what God's going to do. We have a whole book. It." it we do know. Well, sometimes in my experience, oh, that'll work. <sighs> Sorry. Sorry. I don't say that to them. <laughs> I, what I do is pray for them. I do seriously pray for them and, and gently try as often as I can to help them understand how much God loves them and how important their faith in him is. How how the circumstances aren't what make our make things happen. Th- circumstances, circumstances are not the determining factor. No, your faith is the determining factor. Yes. So all of these things that I was mentioning, giving thanks, rejoicing, praying, they're easy and they give us victory as we do them. The victory comes a little bit at the time. You, you rarely win huge victories all at once, they come a little bit at the time because, because that's basically the way we're able. I mean, occasionally somebody gets an enormous breakthrough, but usually we get them a little bit at a time because then we're building a foundation so that we can continue to stand so that we can be strong when a storm comes or when something that we really didn't want to happen happens or the other way around. We're like, no, 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 I've got this because I've got the word and I'm standing strong on it. Then there's other things that he that he says for us to do that will that want some of those little things love others you know love God be an active part of the body of Christ those sorts of things we have to just keep on doing them doing them doing them because they are the things that bring us the victory they are the things that bring us into the place that God wants us and God has a place for every single one of us and none of these things that I have said are beyond any one of us. Every one of us can do these things. He doesn't he makes it so he makes it so simple. He knew there would be people like me who really need it simple. I if it was really complicated, I would forget the steps and get all out of whack. So he makes it so simple and in that simplicity, we build our our confidence. We build our expectation. And then we're able actually to build confidence and expectation in others as we begin to be able to show them this is how we have been able to do this. Um, One other thing is that we have to remember, and this is for me, probably none of you have this tendency, uh, probably, but I just have a tendency to sort of think that my daily life is separated from my 
my God life. Because I'll be like going to the market and walking to the different places I have to go. And, and all of a sudden I'm like, have you, have you prayed? Have, what, what are you doing? You're sit, I'm thinking about this and that and the other, this circumstance. And, that, and I'm like, hold it, hold it, hold it. No, you're walking in the spirit, Jackie. You're supposed to be listening to the Lord. You, you've had 15 minutes where you've walked down this street worrying about something when you could have been praising God. You could have been talking to him. He could have directed you to pray for somebody. I just have to remember that. Like I said, I know most people don't have that problem, but I just, I just have to remember that. I it just See, he has great plans for all of us. He has great plans for every one of us. And every one of us is able to do what he's called us to do if we will do it a step at the time because he's given us all these things. He's given us all these instructions and all these abilities. And, and he just, he loves it. He loves it that, that we want to do things. But he also knows that if we jump way ahead without building these foundations, we'll falter because the enemy will come in there. You know, the enemy... We know that he really has no power, but he lots of times comes in like a flood. We can, we can withstand him if we've built up these, these defenses, if we've built ourselves up. And, and if we're walking in a place where, where we're praying and we're, you know, just remembering the thoughts, the thoughts. Nope, stop those thoughts. Stop them now I, in, in Tajikistan. Oh, you know, something bad's going to happen. Something that, that I have been thinking about and I wanted to ask the church to pray about. The president of Tajikistan will be reelected in March. That's when the election is, and he's always reelected because it's illegal not to have him for president. But, <laughs> but that doesn't mean everybody likes him. And so there's potential, and I feel, especially this year, there's potential for there to be a, a, a trouble during that time. So during the month of March, if you guys remember, pray about, about the, the presidential election. They'll also elect the parliament, which is a little bit more, um, more of an election. There'll be two people running, and um, the person that the president picks will probably win, but... There'll be two people running. So there's, there's just big chance for unrest during the election. I don't know why. They all know what the outcome is going to be. Ever, no one is, I mean, it's against the law not to reelect him. It's, that's, in the, that's in the law of the land. But there still might be unrest. And I, I just have a feeling that that's kind of a last-ditch effort from the enemy because I really believe we hear again and again and again and again of folks who are coming to the Lord again and again. There's lots of, uh, lots of good things happening. So I think that I, I just, I want us to pray and agree since we know how to do that, that the elections will go smoothly and there won't be riots and, and upheaval. Um, God sees our hearts. He sees how much we love him and how much we long to be in his perfect place that he has prepared for us. And that's what he wants. That's exactly what he wants. He wants what we want when we want what he wants. It works out well that way. Um, you know, we're not twisting his arm. When we know his will, we're not twisting his arm 
I, I didn't have to twist his arm to go back to Russia. It just basically came to me when it was time. And I'm so thrilled to be getting to do that. But, but I, didn't have to, I didn't have to do anything except one step at a time. Um, and then the, another thing that we can do is to continue to pray. He, he's waiting. He, God is always waiting on us for the next step. We, we are waiting on him for the answer, but he's already got the answer. It's not like he's trying to decide. It's like, uh, Jackie, I don't really know. No, he's waiting for me to trust him. He's waiting for me to listen. He's waiting for me to get ready if I have things that I need to do to prepare. And so while we're, while we're doing that, it helps us to pray. And I, I learned this little acronym, which I, I just think is fun. It's PUSH. Do you guys know what that means? Pray until something happens. <laughs> so when I push, that's what I'm doing. I'm praying until something happens. You guys are in luck. I only have a little tiny bit more. I told Pastor I can't preach long, so I'm not, I'm not a preacher. I guess you notice that. God wants you to win. He wants you to succeed in him. That is his heart's desire. Every parent knows the desire of wanting your child to, to do the best they possibly can, wanting your child to, to succeed at life. He wants you to be more than, he wants you to win even more than you want to. He wants you to be in the place that he wants you in even more than he wants it. And he knows all the cool things that you will be able to accomplish for the kingdom. He knows the thoughts that he has for us, thoughts to give us a future and a hope. That's what he thinks about each one of us. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.